Hi, it's Katie with Bountiful Living, and welcome to part three of Shepherds, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. So this journey all started with me wanting to share a little bit more about the key verse for Bountiful Living, which comes from John 10.10, which says, The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I have come for you to have life and have it to the full. Jesus is such a beautiful contrast to the enemy. In part one, we took a look at Jesus, the good shepherd. Realize the enemy is real, but he does have an assignment to steal, to kill, and destroy things in our life. In part two, this took a surprising turn in my research to a story about Peter. Jesus gave Peter the directive to follow him. And today, that's where I want to pick up. What does that look like? How do we actually lay down our lives to follow Christ? There comes a time in our life where we, as believers, should be producing the fruit of righteousness, our salvation, our new life in Christ brings about a new way of living. We are to begin being hope to the hopeless. We are to be holy as he is holy. We are to fear the Lord and grow in the knowledge and grace of our God. And why? The reason we devote ourselves to these things is Jesus. He came and walked among us. He paid the price for our lives with his blood. And we must begin to take seriously this role that we have. I don't know how it is for you in your life. but Sometimes I feel like my life is on fire, that things are chaotic and out of order. And I don't even know where to begin to prioritize. And I'm so distracted by all kinds of things in the world that we cannot control because the enemy is here to take us out. He wants to discourage us. He wants to defeat us. He wants us to be ineffective for God's kingdom. So I want to ask you today about your life because Christ came for us to have life, not just an ordinary life, not just an okay life, but a full life, a life that overflows. And I want to ask you today, is that how you can describe your life? Are you filled to overflowing? And before I go on, I want to talk to you a little bit about Peter. Someday I want to do a complete study on this incredible character He starts out as a kind of a hostile follower of Christ, even though he's one of the first to admit, like, you are the Son of God. There's other times in his dealings with Jesus that Jesus looks at him and says, get behind me, Satan, you know, and he has a fascinating story, and I find it so encouraging that Just as Peter walked with him, 
And you would think, you would think that people that actually walked next to Jesus and observed everything he did would not falter or make mistakes. Yet even those who walked beside him, his own disciples, faltered. And just as there was grace for them, there is grace today. Peter, throughout all of his ups and downs, he eventually rises to the occasion. In doing my research, I was fascinated to find this scripture from Luke 22, verse 32. It's Jesus giving Peter a promise and also a commission. Jesus says, I've prayed for you, Peter, that you would stay faithful to me no matter what comes. And remember this, after you have turned back to me and have been restored, which we know that happened, if you listen to part two, Jesus says, make it your life mission to strengthen the faith of your brothers. And because we have the Holy Bible, we know this came to pass. In Acts chapter two, because Jesus did not leave us alone when he ascended to be seated at the right hand of the Father. He told his followers to go to Jerusalem and wait. And after the Holy Spirit came, because God did not want to leave us alone without help in this world, the Holy Spirit is now accessible to all who repent and believe in Christ Jesus. He is our comforter. He helps us to make good choices. He is vital for our Christian life and reveals truth of God's word to us today, just as he did back then. So what happened at Pentecost was when the Holy Spirit came, Peter gave this incredible sermon, almost like he was a brand new shiny penny, brand new person in Christ. So I want to give you just a few of the highlights from his sermon in Acts chapter 2. I encourage all of you to read it because it was the first time the gospel was preached. I'll start in chapter 2, verse 16. Everything that is happening is the fulfillment of what was prophesied through the prophet Joel. For God says, this is what I will do in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on everybody and cause your sons and daughters to prophesy, and your young men will see visions, and your old men will experience dreams from God. The Holy Spirit will come upon my servants, men, women alike, and they will prophesy. I will reveal startling signs and wonders in the sky above and mighty miracles on the earth below. And going down to verse 21, it says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. In verse 37, you hear the response of Peter's words. It says, when the people heard this, they were crushed and realized what they had done to Jesus. Deeply moved, they said to Peter and the other apostles, what do we need to do, brothers? And Peter lays out for them the way to salvation. He replies and says, repent, return to God, and each one of you must be baptized in the name of Jesus the anointed one, to have your sins removed. Then you may take hold of the gift of the Holy Spirit, for God's promise of the Holy Spirit is for you, your families, 
and for those yet to be born, and for everyone who the Lord calls to himself. That day, 3,000 people came to Christ and were baptized. Guys, can you imagine this? I know I say that a lot, but I always try to visualize and picture what it must have been like at the beginning of the church when 3,000 came in a day. And this was just the beginning of many missionary journeys leading up to us today. We are a part of this. If you have decided to be a follower of Christ, you're a part of this family of God. You are entitled to these promises and prophecies. There's so much we could talk about, but I want to move on and focus specifically on Peter in his two epistles to the church. He was writing around 62 AD. Peter was wanting to encourage and strengthen the faith of other believers in writing these letters. He wanted us to know how to persevere. He wanted us to be empowered to overcome and encouraged to remain faithful to Christ. I want to start with Peter's closing words, because oftentimes the last thing you say to someone could be the most important or even the most urgent. I'm reading today from 2 Peter 3, starting in verse 10. The day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness? waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt away as they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. And therefore, since you are waiting for these, and that these is referring to everything we just read for that future hope, Peter tells us to be diligent, to be found by Christ without spot or blemish and at peace. I find it so amazing that he is telling us not only to be diligent and to be holy and pure, but also at peace. The status of our world right now can easily rock us and tear us apart if we are putting our hope in the things of this world, and not in the Lord. Verse 15 says, And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our brother Paul also wrote to you, according to the wisdom given to him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in these matters. These are things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory now and to the day of eternity. Amen. If you haven't noticed already, I spend a lot of time reading the word on this podcast because I could use my own 
but mine will crumble and fade. His word will remain forever and ever. And I don't ever want to misquote something that is in this word, because even if I don't explain everything I'm reading, the word of God works in a way it's precise like a surgeon's blade. It hurts to heal. God's word will not return void. It will accomplish what it is set out to accomplish. God's word is sharper than any two-edged sword. So I pray today as this word rests upon your heart and your spirit, because I know at times people fear what they don't know or what they don't understand. And I want to tell you, there is no reason to fear the end, the end of time. Christ's return is where we have our hope. That is how people who are put through the most strenuous things, like Corrie ten Boom or Bonhoeffer, who were suffering through the Holocaust, were able to have hope, able to survive because their hope and their faith was not in this world, but in something imperishable. In Jesus, they held on to something that couldn't fade, that couldn't be destroyed, that couldn't be taken away. Even though they took away every dignity that they could take away from a person during World War II in those concentration camps. I want to tell you today not to fear, but to put your faith in the one that from the beginning has wanted nothing for us but peace. And today, of all things, when we prayed with my prayer group this morning, John 10.10 was one of the verses we read. And the sermon today was also John 10.10. I know God is confirming what he wants you to know about him today, all the way back to the very beginning. God created this perfect world, one that didn't know suffering, that didn't know jealousy or death. It wasn't just this utopia of like, oh, I've got no worries. But imagine what our lives would be like if we didn't know what it was like to have someone slam us on social media or to suffer through cancer and grieve a miscarriage. It's hard to even fathom what a world like that would be like. Yet that's the world God created for us. And I'm not going to get into today all the ins and outs of Genesis and sin, and someday we will. But if Adam and Eve had not done it, someone eventually would have eaten from that tree, wanting to know the knowledge of good and evil. And that day was the day things broke in our world. And there had to be a consequence for that sin. And Adam and Eve were sent out of the garden. God didn't abandon them. He didn't leave them. The Bible is all of the stories of his faithfulness, of his love, of when his people cried out, he came and was merciful. He delivered. He was generous. He was good. And that is who our God is today. He is a good, holy God. I'll tell you what is waiting for those of us who have decided I'm choosing to repent, to return to God, and believe in the name of Jesus. Because it's our belief in Him that makes us right with God, that cleanses us from all unrighteousness, that keeps the enemy at bay. 
We have more power and authority than we assert. Today we've prayed with some of the other moms at school because the enemy is out seeking whom he may devour. These two epistles are about us being watchful, diligent, on guard for truth. That's what started me on the long tangent. (laughs) It's truth. I can't do your homework for you. I am here to encourage you. Just like Peter was told to encourage the body of Christ. That's what I'm doing today. I am your encourager, but I cannot live or walk out your life. So today, I want to encourage you to go home and read First and Second Peter. It won't take long. You could finish it in the week, probably, probably in an hour. I didn't. Re- I was going to do a timer to see how long it took, and I didn't have time for that <laughs> before I put out this episode. But um, don't just take my word for this. Look into His word. It's infallible. It's the living word of God. We will not know how to withstand the days that are ahead if we are not armed for battle. And that's what I want to encourage you with today. Get on your Ephesians 6 armor. The word of God, the more we know it, the more we have it hidden in our heart. That is our sword. That is our sword that puts to death the enemy is when he comes at us with guilt when he comes at us with you're not good enough when he seeks to lie sometimes he can even put good things in front of us that look like they're of God because he's sneaky he can disguise himself as an angel of light we have to be diligent we have to be on our guard pursuing and following after Christ and his example as closely as we can. Be holy as he is holy. Be righteous as he is righteous. Peter was kind enough to leave us warnings so that we're not carried away by the error of lawless people. I mean, how many of you have heard some lawlessness on social media lately? I'm personally weary of it. <laughs> but it's there. It's, it's the world we're living in right now. And we will not have the life Christ has called us to if we're not taking our own personal responsibility to do our part, to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow after him. He is the good shepherd. Everything else is false. He is the way. He is the truth. He is life. My brethren, grow today in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Do not be, struggling with the word, satisfied. Do not be satisfied with where you are. Grow. Grow today in knowledge and grace of Jesus Christ so that we are ready. A pure and spotless bride ready for our bridegroom. We do not want to be the virgins found without our oil. Spend time with him today. And for those of you who have never professed Jesus as Lord of your life, you can do that today by repenting of our sin nature, 
humbling yourself and choosing to follow Christ. Heavenly Father, we need you today. I could say we can't do this alone, but the truth in your word is that you will never leave us or forsake us. You gave us the Holy Spirit to be with us always. You gave us other believers that we can walk through this life with. We are not alone because of you. If we feel alone, it's because the enemy is lying to us because he wants to still kill and destroy. You are the one who has come for us to have life and have it to the full. We thank you for your grace and for your mercy. We don't deserve it. Yet because of your love, when we were at enmity with you, you died for us. Thank you. I could never pay it back, but I give you my life, God. I choose you. I will not fear. I will not be afraid, for greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Lord, thank you for this word. Thank you for the perseverance of everyone who worked to preserve the Bible, those who died preserving it and preaching it. Help us to be faithful and diligent today. Purify us, Lord. Purify your church. Purify us to your spotless bride. Help us to never go out into this world without oil in our lamp. Help us to prioritize you first before everything else. Your kingdom is all that matters, and it is in you that we have our hope. In Jesus' precious name, amen. If you made a decision to follow Christ today, the angels are rejoicing, as am I. And if you are already a follower of Christ, I pray today you take responsibility to be diligent, to be watchful, to be holy, and to grow. For more information on how to know Christ in a transcript of this podcast, just visit bountifulliving.net.com.